0: This episode has strong language that's not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Get the fuck out of here and take your bitches with you, especially Ugh Mug Wait, Come on. Come on. <laughs>
1: Smoking a papaya that give you niggas bronchitis. What you write is all vagina. What I write is wall of china. Nigga, that's great. Like aches are grape eight, Getting stuff in my suitcase. Ready to hit the studio and shit all on your mixtape. Nah, no, literally. Shit all on your mixtape. Coating in my cereal. I waste behind the smokey I'm sort of like a miracle. You rappers are venereal. And never in my stereo Might spray your ass with vinegar. The next time that I see you, bro, bitch your ass. Texas from their size, they try to like go. My Nice. Cobra clicks the game, but that bitch in a submission. Your bitch will the stick shift, no transmission. Nah. Dog, I'm on the mission. mission. Your yeah, player, exhibition. Nah. On an expedition, popping X, but never tripping. S-
0: Welcome to the Fab t Musicology and the Carolina Kid Podcast Network, where music nerdery is served with a side of ratchet. I'm your host, That Boy Coot. This episode is brought to you by Toe Jam and Pussy Bacon. Subscribe to the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired and its other spawn, Anywhere Podcasts are downloaded. Following the Rod and Karen Doctor. Leave a nice five-star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and I'll read it on the show. Also, leave me a voice message and donate on anchor.fm slash Coot. That's anchor.fm slash dat. B-O-Y-C-O-O-T So, niggas, we're back Niggas, we're back Niggas, we back to Vap T-Rex <laughs> I don't know, that was just random and shit But, <clears throat> yeah, we back And um, I honestly felt like, man I I did so many of these sample breakdowns and stuff You know, I don't know when this video's coming But, uh, video I don't know when this episode's coming But um, I'm gonna put it somewhere down the pipeline But I'm gonna be releasing a lot of Fabulous musicology episodes, a lot of musicology stuff, whether it be breakdowns of kind of like character studies like this or album reviews or just, you know, sample breakdowns, stuff like that. So, um, you know, <laughs> sample piece theater. um, Yeah. But yeah, um, this person to me, I had to redo like this is a redux of something I've done before. Right. So if you haven't heard the episode, I'm basically just completely redoing the whole episode. The Danny Brown episode that I did before, I liked it, but I felt like it wasn't as tightly packed. It wasn't done perfectly to me. And honestly, there's been some events that have changed with Danny Brown that makes me also want to kind of just redo the whole thing. And um, yeah, like Danny Brown is one of the most interesting like one of the most unique people in hip hop, hell, in music. And um, his critical acclaim shows that he is not only unique, but worthy of praise. And he is a person that maybe you haven't heard of. Even if you have, you may have been like, oh, his voice, you know, <laughs> it's something people can't get through. But honestly, All I know is a nigga can rap his ass off. And I've been following him for quite some like quite some time. Actually, Danny Brown follows me on Twitter and um, he is still one of my favorite artists. It's funny. Like, it's wild how one of your favorite rappers of like period follows you on Twitter because I was what you would consider a day one fan. I literally messaged Paul White asking about like you know talking about the an album and Paul White if you're not familiar is a is one of his like regular producers throughout his career and um it's it's really interesting how Danny's career just turned out it was just it's is really interesting so to really understand like the heights and the lows and all of the crazy ass shit that he went through we have to at least do a biography on Danny Brown. Because it it's it it makes you understand like how he got into this shit, how this shit ended up being what it was. So let's listen, y'all gonna be like, nigga reading, oh no. But shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> you have to read. You have to. You have to do a biography on this man. So let's get started. Daniel Dewan Sewell was born March 16th, 1981, in Detroit, Michigan. At that time, his mother was 18 years old and his father was 16. His father is half Filipino, by the way. Brown's talent for rhyming came at a very young age as his mother would read Dr. Seuss books to him as a child. When he became when he began to speak, he would talk in rhyme, almost like you know motherfucking motherfucking Rudy Ray Moore type shit. You know what I'm talking about? So, um, but yeah, um, he he would talk in rhyme, and his father, who was a house DJ, would expose Brown to all types of music. He would spin as well as music from the likes of Roy Ayers, LL Cool J, Esham. And Tribe Called Quest. Um, For as long as he could remember, Brown had always wanted to be a rapper. In kindergarten, I'd say, I wanted to be a rapper. And people just laugh at me. That's a pretty funny job, they say. But his young parents did their best to shelter him from the Detroit street crime and gang life. He said, my parents didn't, or my parents ain't really want me out of the house. They did as much as they possibly could to keep me in the house with whatever new video game there was but you know you can only keep a kid in for so long plus they had me sheltered so once I did get away I used to disappear for like four days his grandmothers both both his grandmothers helped provide for his family his maternal grandmother worked for Chrysler and she bought four to five houses to this day we still got those houses She owns three houses in a row on that block. Nigga, that's amazing. (laughs) She raised her three children and a host of others in the middle house. The one to the left she paid cash for in the 90s from her longtime neighbor. And the one on the right was her parents' home that she inherited when they died. She also owned two other homes on the east side of Detroit, one in which Brown was raised. In the fifth house, also located on the east side, was occupied by his aunt and her family. I used to get beat up all the time. I had nobody over there, and I'm the oldest with two brothers and a younger sister. I'm kind of not really a gangster like that, Brown said in a 2012 interview. Originally from the Dexter Linwood way of Detroit, Brown later moved to Hamtrak. He heavily associates with Detroit in his music. Um, so at the age of 18, right, Danny Brown became a drug dealer. Once I got above a certain age, all that parent shit stopped. My mom and pop split up. Once my pops left, I was the man of the house. I always told myself I was going to be a rapper my whole life. I was selling drugs since that's what all my friends were doing. And it was like, it was, it was kind of like something to rap about, maybe, you know. <laughs> and funny thing is, he had some shit to rap about, bro. Although his intentions were to stop once he got in trouble with the law, Brown was already too accustomed to that lifestyle. I always told myself once I got my first legal case, I was going to stop. Then I got my first case, but I didn't stop. I got distribution and manufacturing, possession with intent to distribute, I was 19 years old. His run with the law. Didn't stop there. I caught my second case loitering with some weed, but it violated my probation, but I ran and I didn't go to court. I just ran for at least like five years, <laughs> but once I got caught, I had to do eight months when I violated my probation, I got my second case and I was scared. I had warrants. So I couldn't really slang like that because I didn't want to go to jail. I was broke in the hood. I had nothing else, so I just started going back to studying music and trying to become a rapper. After he did his time, Brown began to take his passion seriously and turn it into a career. So he got out of jail in like 07. He said, I took it serious from that time, but it took a lot of shit to happen in my life to get confident to know that I could do it. I had more confidence when I got out of jail because the day when I got out of jail, I started selling weed. <laughs> I ain't had no money after the first two months. Like I was way better off in jail. By then I was already making my New York trips and going to recording studios. So I was already serious when I got locked up. When I got out, I was like, it's now or never. That nigga still like, when, when 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 he tell you like man, I am never going back to that nigga said I am never going back to jail. <laughs> that nigga was like, no, the hell I am. No, I'm not going back to jail. But um, <clears throat> you know his hip hop career um started with a group called Reservoir Dogs with Chips Castro and Dopehead, which is funny because like I think I think Chips Castro followed me on Twitter at one point. You know, he's part of, like, Bruiser Brigade and shit. You know, in 2003, the trio, they kind of independently released an album called Ruin Spockets in in the Dumping in the River under a Renaissance Records... (laughs) Under Renaissance Records Entertainment and FBC Records. Like, nigga, this is is what you call humble beginnings, to say the least. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, um... It's crazy how, like, people people had to like, like Danny Brown grew up in some, in some shit. Okay. It it, is crazy. Like Detroit, Michigan unanimously is said to be one of those places where it is just absolutely just dismal, just dismal as fuck. (laughs) Like it's just like, bro, is, is really rough in those parts and trying the parents trying to shelter you and trying to make sure that you're not exposed to any of that it's tough like you know you don't want to shelter a kid but you want to keep them away from the guns the drugs the violence but eventually it found its way to danny brown right um so you know um in comes the hybrid you know here's my personal experience with danny brown in comes the hybrid right so I listened to, um, being a Dilla fan, right? Listen to his posthumous album, uh, Dilla's posthumous album, J. Stay Paid. There was a song up there called Dilla Bot versus The Hybrid. That was my first time ever listening to Danny Brown, period. Probably most people's, pro- probably <clears throat> most, like, day one fans, like, time listening to Danny Brown. That is a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a lot that was a very long time ago like this was before this nigga had an album like that you know and so I'm like man I remember listening to him back then and I think maybe I had tweeted something like that and that may have been the reason why Danny Brown was like oh man he like a real ass like day one nigga like I gotta follow him but um yeah like I had never heard anybody rap like that over a Beads in my life So I was like, hell, over any beat, you know <laughs> But let alone a Dilla beat And um, I was just like, there's nobody like this He is so different And I was just like, well I hope I hear more from him But, you know, you never know, right And um, interestingly um, There was, of course, the the buzz around Triple X Which, you know, they, he had the hybrid Which was a mixtape where he kind of was able to like Figure out himself But <clears throat> I think he truly Was like hey I got my shit now When 30 Triple X came out and 30 was like really being touted As like an album that hey man Y'all didn't listen to this Paul White was literally Messaging me like hey if you liked The old shit you heard from Danny Brown You're really gonna like this And um, man Paul White Was so right <laughs> Paul White was so Right Oh my gosh. So Triple X is the wildest introduction to any artist probably ever. You know, and, and it seemed like I don't know if this is a rumor or a or, or truth, but I believe Danny Danny Brown freestyled that entire album. Like <laughs> the entire album. And it's crazy because there is that hybrid persona on Triple X. Throughout the album right so There are these songs that talk about A little bit of the dark side Of what You know there's these playful songs And there's these like witty Ass songs that he has you know But then there's songs like Fields or Nosebleeds where He's talking about The ills of Addiction Overdosing you know He's talking about where he lives you know it's 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 a fucking wasteland he's talking about like on scrap or die he's talking about finding scraps of copper in these houses so they could make money (laughs) like it's not just like you know it's it's not just like the the playful ass stuff like you would get with monopoly right the hybrid smoking a papaya you <laughs> gave you niggas bronchitis <laughs> like it's it's so fucking crazy bro like or he'll like like one of the first lines off of the entire album is like I bless the mic like Gazuntites, nigga what Danny Brown had so many lines he said <laughs> he, he, he said shit like um you know, I smoke so much that my head feels 10 pounds heavy. You fell off like Tom Selleck in the Celica. Like, nigga, it's so many fucking lines where you're like, literally, like, I was so excited when that album came out. I was like, nigga, it is so many lines, but it was a balanced album that was playful Talked about, you know, crazy ass shit You know, very hedonistic album I will say this, if you've never heard any Danny Brown A lot of the playful shit is very Hedonistic, but a lot of darker shit Is like, hey, here's the bad side of this And that's always been how He, you know, that's always Been how Danny Brown has portrayed His his entire, like, albums It's like, hey, here's the, here's the Nice side, but here's the not so nice side You know, and <clears throat> triple x was like a complete breath of fresh air for pretty much anybody like even if it's people who didn't even listen to hip-hop that was listening to triple x and um triple x kind of worked as a double entendre itself because it was x-rated in 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 content but it was also him turning 30 and honestly sometimes that's like a death nail as a rapper right 30, starting off at 30, that was, that's considered like, nigga, you old. But honestly, he was just beginning. And that makes us (laughs) think about our next, that's that's a good segue to go to our next album. Old. So old is literally like, I would say triple X kind of like, turned up to a degree where like the extremes are way like way more polar opposite um it's crazy because you have danny brown talking about being a drug dealer while also being an addict and (laughs) it gets really really like polar like the polarization of his album in old and and to me old is like his weakest album but you could tell throughout the album that he was crying for help because as he was rapping about like the, you know the really high energy almost like uh I'll say kind of like Detroit the Detroit techno inspired type of like high energy music it was it was like way more extreme it sounded like he was overdosing damn near you know just partying to the max but then he had stuff like dope fiend rental you know it just like like literally talking about like hey you know giving a car to a person because they could not pay for the drugs that they were trying to sell them so yeah like it's crazy it's crazy he always touched upon the ills Of being in the lifestyle That he was in And it seemed as if like Hey (laughs) y'all He was like hey y'all Y'all not really listening to me I need help (laughs) I'm going through this shit And I need help And that brings us To his third album His third studio album And that one to me Needs to be talked about After the break So (laughs) let's take a quick break
1: Show me something I, ain't seen by I feel so sorry for a lot of these 20 year old rappers right now. Because mm. they're, they're playing a very dangerous game. Mm. Like how Jay Z would say, the rap game, like the crack game. Yeah. Like these motherfuckers is putting felonies on their records. Right. <laughs> for autotune music? <laughs> 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 That's not even a representation of you. you yeah, do it yeah. is something you—you you are a robot. I feel sorry for a lot of you because y'all
0: ain't gonna make it. The right. shit ain't good. Verbal cold The metaphors
1: the flow has a horror. They with metal doors. Grinch bitch six cents with a nose drip. Mine sky nice, living bumps in the cockpit. Blocksmith. The rocks the size of the keeper fish right smoke. Psych out the mic prototype for Adderall. You are worth killing beans, cause you cut it with fentanyl now. Sound much coke just a sniff, need a ski lift. Flip your table over if you cut it with the bullshit. me on red cars, but it just blends.
0: we back niggas nice. so um this is the moment where Danny Brown reaches that pivotal moment in his life and career and you can tell Danny Brown was sober when he recorded this but you could tell it took a lot out of him so atrocity exhibition is one of the most immersive albums probably of the 2010s and one of the most It's it's out there. I'm just it's out there. It's weird. It's a weird ass album, but it's one of the best albums to be very uncomfortable to listen to. It's it's one of those albums that you can still actually listen to multiple times and still try to understand what Danny Brown was going through at that time. When I tell you it is a it is a dark ass album, it is one of the dark like I said one of the darkest albums of that decade. And when I listened to it, I was like, "Woof, this a lot, <laughs> this a lot It's like if you are the type of person that was trying to listen to this album for like, like, hey, I can dance to this. No, no. <laughs> if you want to hear introspective, like concept album, then yes, this is introspective as introspective as it gets. It's Danny Brown dealing with the throes of his addiction. It's Danny Brown literally going like, hey, there is a big, terrible hangover after all the party and I was doing on old. You know, it, it's like, hey, man, <clears throat> I was crying out for help, but now I actually have to go get help. And um, I mean, the first song on the album is Downward Spiral. Downward spiral. This is, this is, and it's dark. It's really dismal and dark. And uh, (laughs) it's it's like, wow. So if you really want to like understand the meaning of why Danny Brown chose the name Atrocity Exhibition for this album, look no further than Joy Division. Joy Division had a song by the name of Atrocity Exhibition, and he is well aware of what that had as its source material. It's an experimental collection of linked stories by J.G. Ballard called Atrocity Exhibition. And the song from Joy Division describes a person locked away in a mental institution because he has no control over his body in the same way that Danny Brown Could not have control over his actions After a while because he was so Deep in partying Dealing and and Doing and doing drugs Partying dealing drugs And doing them And and he Eventually was like I have To like I feel like I'm in a hopeless place you know there's That hopelessness where you feel like you can't get Out of that shit That's what this album really Puts you in and it's it's to it's to me like there's a few songs up there that are like hey these are like yeah this is, this is a dark ass album but there's still songs where you're like oh shit okay like really though it's like a lyrical like just slugfest I love it you know um, and high to me is the coda like it ends the album perfectly to me because it makes the album kind of just say hey. You're out of there now. You know, it needed it needed a breath of fresh. It just needed a breath because it was such a strong, focused, dark, just really hard to, to, to like squirmish ass album. And um man, it, it was it was it was a crazy ride that literally he was like, Hey, I'm at a circus, nigga. I am the circus come to this exhibition and see how fucking crazy the shit is going in on my head. Like there's shit going on in my head is, you know? And um, that album is undoubtedly a classic. A classic album. It's been what, five years since that album came out? It is a classic. And honestly, that, I'll say even, even the next album after this, Probably truly officially goaded him As like hey nigga you certified You know you got classics You that nigga you one of the most Like eccentric ass rappers Of all time <laughs> um, And honestly He does not have a bad album He does not have a bad album He might have a few songs I'm like eh, I'm good with that But he's never had a Bad album So So With all of this crazy like shit that he was building up to an atrocity exhibition, we see a new Danny Brown. A new Danny Brown in like 2018, 2019. Danny Brown shaves his hair. Danny Brown gets his teeth fixed because he's known for having that chipped tooth and that gap. And uh, he got his teeth fixed. He looks really clean, you know, um, and, and more put together now. Um, man, it, it's, it's one of those moments where you're like, oh man, Danny Brown got sober. Danny Brown got his shit together. And now we can say that <clears throat> Danny Brown probably is going to be making different music. And I will say this, um, The album that was released in 2019, you know what I'm saying, um, reflected that. It reflected that he is in more of a a reflective state, more of like, man, I went through some shit and I I got my shit together now and I'm good to go. And it was a really good album. It was was a great it was a great album to me. Um, And I think that he has three great albums out of that discography run. And um uh, he, strangely enough, is delving into comedy. It's crazy. Like, he now is doing stand-up comedy. You know, he was doing a lot of Twitch gaming and stuff, but it actually makes sense when you know kind of Danny Brown's music. Danny Brown made some funny... He had some funny-ass bars. His bars were, like, writing comedy jokes. Punchlines is crazy as fuck, right? And... um Man, it just makes sense And he actually went He actually did his first set And he didn't bomb He did his thing Like, he did his thing You know, telling jokes on the stage And, uh, man It's now kind of moving towards Danny Brown being In that new conversation of Hey So he has this new album called Quaranta coming out soon Well, if you do your research 40 is Italian for 40 Because Danny Brown is 40 years old So interestingly enough This sounds like it could be a spiritual successor to 30 The album that pretty much started it all for Danny Brown And um, it, 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 it may be more of that reflective style And um, like I said, Danny Brown could always rap, man That nigga could rap his ass off some people may not be may not feel like Danny Brown's style because of his voice or anything like that, but one thing you must know is that nigga can fucking rap his ass off. And um it'll be interesting to hear what Danny Brown has to say in the future for this. You know, in 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 the, in the future of his career also kind of transforming into this comedic figure, right? But like I said before, it makes so much sense that he is a comedian right now, a stand-up comedian. It's even funnier because um, <clears throat> in, in songs like Dirty Laundry off of, you know what I'm saying, he actually explained that out, like that, like that song in particular, like he's, he was doing a stand-up, stand-up routine, right? The shit he was saying won't really shit that happened, but it was it was shit that he, he said, you know, that was funny and kind of like <laughs> a little bit lewd and grotesque, I guess you could say. Um, hence the hence the name Dirty Laundry But um, Yeah It makes so much sense now And people like Danny Brown um, Are just Not a lot of people like him um, I'll even refer you to um, Return to the 36 Chambers by ODB um, The The weird dynamic That was in that album Might make you understand The dynamic of danny brown and that at least goes up to i'll say atrocity right um atrocity exhibition and after that he kind of seems to have like grown up like he he grew up (laughs) not 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 to you know not to make a pun towards one of his other songs which was uh called grown up which he (laughs) used you know used as, like, a, a promo of sorts, um, but, yeah, like, I think Danny Brown has had an amazing career, right, um, and one where he ended up carving out a lane for himself in a way that most people wouldn't find themselves in, um, funny, niggas of Pisces, like me, that's weird, <laughs> that's, that's weird, the niggas are Pisces, but, um, yeah, um, Man, it's just interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that like like one of my favorite rappers, is a Pisces like me. But it makes sense that like he is where he is, and honestly, he's receiving all the just do that he needed. Um, but uh, yeah, that is my entire character study of one Daniel Dewan Sewell, Danny Brown, and um, as always.
1: Drugs was a chess game, was a pawn, guard drawn on my front lawn. just a young nigga staring down the corner, checking out the hustlers with the latest kicks on them, know what nigga want, mama ain't got it, walking up a school line, but she know about it, I was just a young nigga, know what I was at it for, jumped off the porch, but really I wasn't ready for it, get up off the hood, find a way out, Grab out my eat the death or jailhouse, Wanna get away from all this stress But me, mama just wanted the best Cause ain't no next life So now I'm trying to live my best life Living my best life Cause ain't no next life So now I'm trying to live my best